Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast, where I give you a fascinating insight into the world of real-life entrepreneurs and how they live their lives outside their business. Every week, I bring you super interesting conversations about the energy, thinking, habits, mindsets, and disciplines that make them successful in their life, which in turn allows them to be successful in their business. It's powerful conversations, uplifting interviews, and a mega dose of solo inspiration from me, We dive right into what gives them the confidence to follow their own path and attempt to get unapologetically real so you can learn what it takes to show up in your life and live your truth unapologetically. Right, welcome to another episode of Bigger Than The Hustle. Um, Got a really um, cool guy with me today, Um, Cher I've known for 15 years plus. Um, He's a super interesting guy, moved into this space of trying to help people you know change a mindset change a generation really um and using his story his backstory and using new things that he's trying to do to show there is no um set way forward everyone has their own way and everyone can do it it's just a case of um believing in yourself and actually doing it so i'm gonna hand over to chet just to introduce yourself give a little bit of an introduction then we'll carry on with the conversation okay i always find this a difficult part because you know people always talk about a past but for me i want to define myself as a future so for me going forward is being a coach supporting young people i was a educator but i don't want to be an educator i want to be an influencer influence people's minds perceptions going forward and for me um, something that's really connected to me is to update differently. So I want and I believe that people need to update differently and fulfill their potential at different levels. You know, we're not all the same. And for me, this inspiration came from just a lack of mobile phone. We all have mobile phones. There's more mobile phones on this planet than humans. And it's, it's got the same update. You know, you press on Wi-Fi and it updates the same. But that's not how human beings are. We all unique versions you know the probability of me and Barry being born is like what one trillion to one being on this planet is a gift so i feel that because it's a gift we should update differently and just be the best person or the best version we can be we don't all want to be footballers and or don't want to be entrepreneurs or business people it's wherever your passion and purpose gets you to that journey and that's what the best version is if you want to be the best father and that's your purpose do it and you know i applaud that it's not all about you know being on tv or famous i think you know right now we're in a very instagram famous generation and i think we need to just be ourselves so for me that's where i would describe myself and hopefully the next hour you'll find out snippets of my past cool. perfect um so there's something interesting you said about you know updating doing things differently and really sort of opening up who who is where the possibility lies for you right i think what is um interesting about this whole thing about the sort of celebrity culture is um the highlights of being famous okay um and for me that's never resonated with me anyway because i see so much behind the clothes behind this screen which you know it's not great place so in terms of people updating and people you know changing their mindsets and being you know we don't need to see another footballer what we need to see a guy who can cut your grass with passion you know we don't need another doctor what we need is a guy who drives a van with purpose you know they and that's you know your message for there i resonate with that wholly so what kind of little little things do you think people can do to start moving them and giving a little bit because i think there's a lot of trust and a lot of faith that we have in ourselves we've built self-belief that we believe that we can try it but a lot of people don't have that in their environment so what do you think they can change little bits a day at a time to sort of move them into the direction which the world and the universe needs to see okay for me it's always a start small so you know everyone changing a new job or you know starting a business is a massive jump for me it's just changing your journey from home to work walk on a different path you know Babbitt runs run somewhere else run on a street that you've never run you know go to a restaurant that you've never gone to so for me i went on a bike ride this morning and i got lost in my own city around hamilton somewhere because i don't go in that area and it's a question of that's the first update differently go somewhere and get lost and i'm thinking cool and that is starting the process and it's it's not the anxiety or the fear, it's the excitement. Hey, this is new. I carried on going, I hit a dead end. Oh, I'm going to go back. Not a problem. Eventually, I found myself out of 
Hamilton is like a maze, mate. I'm telling you, <laughs> Hamilton's like a maze. I'll give it a go. But it's a question of just starting small and not be anxious of the change. Almost take it as a part of the process. The challenge is part of the process. The pain is part of the process. And then it started to rain on me. And the question is, it wasn't about, oh, let's get home quickly. It was a bit like, I've never cycled in pouring rain. And it's not a nice feeling. And that's the question is, the updates, some of them will be amazing, but some of them will be painful and you don't really like it. But that's okay. That is how you start updating differently. Some will be great updates and some will be terrible. So if you can just sort of run us through a little bit of your backstory, you know, growing up and how things sort of um, moved for you, because it's quite interesting, your story and the way you've sort of, you know, got yourself to the position where we're talking today. Yeah, um, for me, I'm a Leicester boy, got brought up in high fields. Um, Mum and dad are not entrepreneurs, they worked in factories. And for us, it was almost my parents programmed us to say update yourself in education and that will get you out of poverty and a lot of people in my generation thought of the same strategy you know never thought of no our parents didn't say go out there and find your passion you know that was i think not the hidden <laughs> message from our parents is that go out there and get us out of this crap so you know got educated me and my sister lived in high fields i went to city leicester we moved houses and my dad obviously got programmed as guess what, Mr. Patel's got to have a corner shop. So we went into the business world. And at the time, it was this time of the recession, it was a terrible move. And seven years of running the business, the business we had to close down, um, we had an endowment policy. So basically, we've lost almost 80 to 90,000 pounds in a seven, seven year period. So for me, growth is that way, but we didn't grow, we just declined. But in those seven years, we became very resilient, become very savvy, become very frugal, made us re realize what we can have or what we can't have. You know, we didn't go on holidays, but we created happiness from within. And it made us realize that right now, the seven, seven weeks of lockdown, you don't need much to be happy. You don't need much to grow, you know? At the end of the day, simplicity is happiness. And that's what I learned on that journey. And then, got educated, did the accountancy, to, uh, sorry, accountancy thing, and it wasn't for me, it wasn't my passion. It was just something that would generate me quick money to get me to where I want to get to, whereas I didn't know where that was, but it was somewhere better. And I did that for a few years, and I just lost, you know, um, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. It's difficult when, in theory, you're doing something that you don't love and how how do you how do you are you brave enough to tell your parents at 21 say dad i just went to uni i did this and i don't like it and i think it's a waste of time but university is a university of life as my father said and that's where i grew you know i went to leeds uh, met some great people leeds is probably the friendliest city in the world so that gives you confidence to grow communicate have connections you know I remember at 20, uh, 18, I sat on the bus to uni and the guy next to me just started talking to me. I'm not used to that. So it was almost like, I think the Yorkshire philosophy made me confident. And it was, I'm grateful that I studied there compared to, I know friends who studied in London who had a completely different experience. So that was the university experience, left out of that and then just felt lost. But the greatest thing I did, and we'll talk about it later, was traveling. So. I traveled around the world for almost seven months by myself. And I think that's why my perception and thinking is very, very different. So for me, I see humanity because I've experienced humanity from, you know, my book even says from the millionaires in Dallas to the homeless in Australia. So, you know, I like to see all perceptions of life and connect with all of them because everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a backstory. Even the homeless have got a backstory. They were, they weren't born homeless. People forget that. You know, they wasn't born on the street. Most homeless people have become very successful and they've just lost their way, you know, and been isolated and sometimes have been addicted to alcohol. The reason why they're addicted is because they're lonely. You know what I mean? The opposite of addiction is, guess what, connection. If you're connected, like, I went out, a great story I want to share is there's very few Asian people and Polish people on the streets. The reason why they're quite connected, 
But going in, going forward in the future, because of our cultures becoming more disconnected, there will be more of our culture homeless. So when I engage with um, a lot of charities in Leicester, from all about, let's say, I've probably met three to 400 homeless people, I've met two Asian people. And I, when I connected with them, they were the people who came from another city, came to Leicester for hope, and they've got no hope, and they're disconnected from everyone. So that was that's part of the journey. Yeah, so just um, sort of <clears throat> reminding back about your, as you were sort of coming up through that process, who do you think was the most influential person on you growing up? You know this, 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 was, this is a hard question, and I've been reflecting on this. And I don't have one person. So for me, it's hundreds of people have influenced me, you know, from the teacher who said you're going to be a loser to someone like my mama who said you could do whoever you want to be. So, and also then people are helping me in Australia and a guy giving me a lift in Brazil and my cousins who moved to America say, look, there's hope here. So for me, it's the greatest influence is even strangers out there. So I've never had a strong influence because it's almost, you get, I've been torn between like entrepreneurial and corporate. So I don't know where I had to pull. I've done both sides and I value both sides. So for me, influence has been, for me, what gives me influence right now is society, people. People's behavior influence me. And um, as you sort of look forward, what kind of person do you, what kind of actions do you consciously live by to make sure you're living your life with by action and not by words you know words are one thing but when people see who you are as opposed to hear what you are that i i sense that resonates with a lot of people yeah. you know if you say you're healthy show me you went yeah. out on the bike ride you went out and run show me um you say you know i have a good mindset but you're talking about someone else behind their back that's not a great mindset do you know what i mean so i've always i've always sensed them felt as we've got older i've always felt that i sense people more than i hear them now and the, their their life and the way they live it means more to me and mm -hmm. if someone so if i choose to fill my time or use my time to share my life with someone i want them to be in action to show me you know what don't i don't need to hear your words because i can see them and that tells me enough how do you think about that i agree um for me when i started this adventure of update differently i had to walk back and think what are my values and for me i believe that everyone should have values from my kids to my family and everyone's values should be different family values will cross over but my individual values are the four c's so it's create connect care and coach so for me every day i try and live that how do i create opportunities not just for myself but other people on the platform. So Instagram Live, I created that platform to give the confidence to other people to go on Instagram Live and do what they want to do. Mm. Uh, and that's why my first was, I want to connect, start doing it. So I, I did it with Harry. Harry is a fitness coach. He's quite a shy guy. So I said, Harry, I want you. You should have seen him. You should, he, he WhatsApp me about 50 times. What shall I say? What shall I do? I knew <laughs> it for him than me. So I want to create opportunities for people to grow. And obviously, connect. I run a coffee shop. I, I was an educator. For me, I love connecting with different types of people, good and bad. That's the bit, you know, for me, a lot of people say, oh, surround yourself with greatness. I agree, but I surround myself with some crap people too, because it makes me see both sides. Yeah, because guess what? If I just surround myself with greatness, my ego will be inflated. So I stay around with people that my employees, I go to the house who are, you know, on minimum wage and getting some benefits and see their life. That is real life for a lot of people. And you want to go inside the house and see that. Do you know what I mean? And not everyone has limited resources. So for me, connection is very important. And for me, it's because I care. And the style I have is very much like, almost like hard love. That's the way I care. I care for you because I'm going to say something that was going to make you feel uncomfortable. I might make you upset. I might even make your emotions attached to something you don't want to talk about. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I lost my father eight years ago. And sometimes I talk to people who have almost the same connection. And I always say, how's mum? 
And that's hard. So obviously there's certain friends in our group who have lost their dads. And that's the first question I ask, how's mum? Because nobody wants to ask that uncomfortable question. How are you coping with grief? Because there's no answer because I'm still finding the answer. But I'm saying it because I care. And that's where people may, I don't know, judge me or not judge me, but that's how I'm quite transparent. And because for me, I believe that care, people think care is like, are oh, you doing okay? You know, I'll pat you on the back. I don't believe care is that. Care is giving. And I think it's, like you said, it's, it's about being real, having growth conversations with people. And it's those real conversations that bring out the real people I see. And they are uncomfortable and it's the uncomfortable which is pushing you to the edge of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's there where life is. Life is not in the middle. Life is not where things are comfortable. Things that when, when you're like, fuck man, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> and still I'm doing it because I know I have to somehow, you know. And what I really liked about what you said is about your, when you did your IG live and you invited me on, thank you. Because that gave me a little bit of a, push to say you know what i think i have i could probably do something like this and that's what's got us talking today so again you know i'll be grateful for that always um and then another thing which i liked was when you said we're all in this together we lift each other you mm -hmm. know um it's like the rising tide we all rise and we all fall do you know what i mean and if we can you know surround ourselves with different mindsets like i said growth mindsets are not so much we can pull those people along, the yeah. ones that are struggling, but the ones that then are ahead and are thinking greatly, we can cling on to them, yeah, yeah. push ourselves, you know? And I think that that whole way of living, for me, it's, it's being surrounded by such a diverse range that we can only then, you know, our light becomes brighter because we've got so many different colors in it, yeah, yeah. you know? um so and i know you 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 know you're resonating with this because i know it's the way you think as well so just coming off your teaching so you were a teacher before yeah. and then obviously you moved out of that space because i know you've told me before that you reached a point where you felt that you'd reached the end of your road on that journey and that system and that political system of schooling you know i i i've had not just yourself and a few people that are teachers because I was looking at that space probably about 10 years ago thinking, you yeah. know, I won't mind being a teacher because I like to influence young people. And they said, if you want to influence young people, don't be a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, do you know what I mean? Because you're involved in a system that puts you 20% in front of the kids and 80% with everything else, the red tape and all that. So they say, if you want to create something, create yourself yeah. and get kids and things like that involved. So this is, again, part of that. It started, you know, like mentoring young people at um, Peter Jones again to Christ Academy. And I just love their energy, you know, just, and, and like, you know, you have kids as well. I try and live my life by action to show them. I don't want to say you do this because I don't know. Yeah, they yeah. are their own energy. Do you know what I mean? I just want to put opportunities in front of them to say, try this, try that, try that. Something might stick and something won't. And after that time they said, dad, just shut up. Fine. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean? subconsciously I know stuff is going in. So, you know, later it will come out. But until then, I'm cool because let them live their life. And how, how, what, what, what do you do for your children? Do you think in terms of that, in terms of the opening up the opportunities and things? For me, it's just planting lots of seeds. And for me, I always talk about, you know, with my own daughter. My daughter's a teenager, so I always talk about the three P's with her: passion, purpose, and pain. And I said, if you want to live a comfortable life, that means you're going to be painless, but it's going to be very boring. You know, you can easily go to university, do a degree, get a corporate job and live in London. For me, that's, um, that's comfortable now. It was, wasn't comfortable for us 20 years ago, but right now, it's norm. Going to a red brick university is the norm. So for me, that's the new comfortable. So I already told her that. Whereas the uncomfortable is, guess what? Do something that you really want to do and have that control and passion to do it yourself. And don't just do it for yourself. For me, I've got two girls. And for girls, and she's a brown girl, and she's a girl, she's got two negatives already. She's going to try 120% over a man. And that's, she, she needs to know that. So that's one seed I've planted. Two, you need to find your passion. And the only way to find a passion is by updating differently. My daughter is very different to me. She loves drawing. She's very creative. She's very humble. She's very patient. She's, got, she's the opposite of me, actually. <laughs> 
<laughs> she draws, she's very artistic, um, not like me. But the question is like, what do you want to do? So a great one was, I thought she loved drawing pictures and buildings. So we took her to um, Bilbao, as the Gergenheim Museum's there. And so for me, it was just an experience to say, is she going to go to the Gergenheim Museum, look around and think, Dad, I want to do this. Mm. Okay, yeah, so we yeah, went that way. I thought the building's amazing. It was yeah. like one of the most stunning yeah. buildings I've ever seen. Yeah, Frank Geary designed it, it was phenomenal. She stood there, it was great. And you know what she said at the end? Dad, nah, this is not good. <laughs> but that was good because it made her realize that I want to draw, but I don't want to draw buildings. Mm -hmm. I, I still want to draw, but I just don't know what to draw and what sort of influence I want in the world. So that's where we need to try and just, it's almost like a ping pong machine, different. Some things will work, something will work. But I know that she's resonating more to, I, will, I don't mind sitting and drawing at a table for four hours. That's her. I can't sit down at a table for more than five minutes. So, so it's a question of, for me, this is helping her thinking, do you want an office job? Do you want to work in London? Do you want to work in Australia? Do you want to work freelance? Do you want to work for yourself? Do you want to work in London? So it's almost connecting them dots to say, what sort of lifestyle do you want to live? What do you want to earn? Because if you go for this route, this is what you can have. If you go this route, this is what you can have. You know, you can look at the options. I chose to be a teacher, so therefore I chose to not have live in Stretton Hall in a million pound house. That's a decision I made when you become a teacher. So that's where people, you know, you can't be envious of entrepreneurs when you're in business, you know, when you're a teacher, because you're not going to get on that pay packet because you're limited by the system. So, and, and then, you know, you use the metric of uh, money there. So what I've um, noticed over time is that in the Western culture, in the communities we live in, um, wealth is defined by the metric of money. Um, so when someone says they're wealthy, um, it generally means, you know, financially they're well off. For you, what do you define as your metric of wealth? Simple is happiness. My metric is simple. Happiness. Do something what makes you happy. Go to work and make you happy. If making a million pounds makes you happy, do it. If you want to buy a Tesla, do it. Do you understand it? For me, it's very simple. People think, for me, people think I'm all about happiness. And there was a great argument or discussion with someone. I'm like, you must hate money. No, I don't have no, it's capitalism. Money gives you opportunity to do other things. Without money, I wouldn't have traveled the world. So it's a simple system. You need things to grow. But the question is, is what you do with it. So for me, I, you know, I'm around people who are like, I don't know, a, a great story. I was in Rochdale and I met this kid with a 600 pound Canadian goose jacket. And I'm like, why did you buy the jacket? It was Canadian goose. And I'm like, well, you could have gone Canada. And he goes, I don't even have a passport. <laughs> and I'm like, and I find that hard to comprehend that he bought, a, he's never left Rochdale. He doesn't have a passport. I don't think he only went to Manchester and Leeds once. So it's a question of, but you got a Canadian goose jacket. What's the thought process going into your head? So for me, I was like, but I spent two days with him. I reprogrammed him and he then drove for happiness. You know, his dream was to go to NASA. And I'm like, go to NASA then. Because that's your dream. You now save money, stop buying stupid stuff and go for that dream. If that's what you want to do. Because it's achievable. It's a, for me in business, it's opportunity cost. You know, when people say, oh, um, I can't afford it. Stop going McDonald's every month. And if you put that money aside, you can do what you want to do. But right now, all my employees wait for payday and they're blowing on stupid stuff to make, technically make themselves look good for someone else. Whereas yeah. for me, the investment needs to be yourself. So wealth is happiness, but you need to invest that wealth into your own happiness. No one else's. I tell you what, it's, it's interesting we talk about that, you know, you, you're talking about happiness. For me, I've seen um, so much in terms of, you know, I've been in the game 20 years plus now with my business. And one thing that I've, as an um, entrepreneur, what I've not ever felt is the, um, the freedom of time. And what I mean by that is that 
there's there's so much that fuels my mind you know there's never a time that is switched off there's so much going on all the time right and then i think okay so for me creating this space and having this time is almost like blessing in like the time we're in right now with with everyone at home and, and you know trying to support the whole system um and that time has allowed me to breathe um and really assess my life um and when someone says they have time to fill their days and their months and years with things they want to do whether they want to travel whether they want to spend time at home whether they want to look after their parents because they're not well you know they can say i want to do that they've just had a child and i want to spend the next year with them that to me defines true wealth i really that resonates with me wholly because some one thing that one aspect of me that i've never had is so much is time because i've filled it with so many things and now i realize that time is the element that i'm trying to gain i'm trying to earn so that my the next 60 70 years of my life is filled with all the things that i want to do not what sometimes i felt like i've been pulled to do if you understand what i mean yeah yeah you're right and i find you that as well because when i talk to entrepreneurs and i said you just go to the park you don't have to buy anything for your kid just sit in the park go to the slide or the swing and just play whereas i know people will be like oh that's a waste of time i'm like no that's where you've lost the, you know it's gone over they're like oh i gotta take my kid to a certain place or Alton Towers. No, you don't have to take Alton Towers because you're wasting two hours to get there, two hours back, your kid's moaning all the way. Just take them to the park or sit in the garden and have a conversation. That's valuable time. But I think certain parents have thinking you've got to take them to a certain place or spend money on them or buy them a tangible asset. I think sometimes time is seen very differently because they see like the time has to be of value rather than time is just time it's simple it's a simple connection and i tell you what great um i went to this um sort of uh, uh, a growth day once and some they said okay from your childhood write down one memory that you have okay and so everyone there's about 30 people in the room yeah. and everyone wrote down a memory and then he said now i want you all to read it out so it's all sort of everyone's reading out and he goes did you notice one universal theme that happened with all of them he goes, it was a time you all wrote down something, some time you spent with someone that was important to you. Mm. You didn't say that red car that someone bought me <laughs> yeah. or that, do you know what I mean? The pencil someone gave me. It was, yeah, yeah. you know, I spent a day at the park with my dad or my yeah, granddad yeah, yeah. took me to the beach. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. goes, and they're the things because they're the things that sit in there. Do you know what I mean? And that's helped me a lot to say, do you know what? This time with my kids, because that's another thing I have, you know, not a regret, but I've been trying to change my life for a long time to spend more time with them, to influence yeah. them. Because if I want to see a better world out there, I need to make them better human beings yeah. so they can influence more. Do you know what I mean? So uh, therefore, my time invested in them is time that I, when my time is up, they will continue that on. And the more time I can use to do that, I feel blessed. At one point, I was disconnected from my kids because I was working so much that when my wife used to go away, so when she used to go to, you know, like a weekend course or whatever, yeah. and I was at home, I almost felt like an alien. Like, I didn't know anything about my kids. So, and it used to hurt, but I didn't know what else to do because I thought, I really don't know you. Do you know what I mean? And now, over, I made a conscious effort to say, do you know what, I just need to spend more time with them. And now in this time, all that investment has last few years, because it's only been a few years that I've yeah. really sort of taken that time. I feel that we are one team. And mm. when you have one team that's strong around you, like you know, you have a strong wife who supports you. You have your kids who are spurring you on, who are telling you the truth. Yeah. Dad, you're an idiot. Don't do that. Or dad, that was nice. Or thank you. Do you know what I mean? Just hearing that simple things, I think it creates you especially gives you the foundation to go on and be strong and have the belief that actually things are possible things are yeah. possible and i can see this in you you know for the last few years i know you've entered the mindset space big in terms of you've seen how it's affected you and you know i'm sure losing your dad put you in a, a more as a, like a crisis mindset at that point because you had to work shit out do you know what i mean mm -hmm. It was very interesting. It's almost like the reaction. So for me, it's problem, reaction, and solution. 
So it's almost like the same thing. Right now, coronavirus is a problem, okay? Everyone's reacting. Two weeks ago, it was like, oh my God, now it's like, when are we gonna come out? Can you see the reaction's different now? It's all positive on the news. It was negative four weeks ago. So for me, it was the same thing. When my dad passed away eight years ago in April, it was almost like, okay, the reaction is, holy crap, didn't anticipate that. What can I do as a solution? The, the only thing what went into my mind, it became almost like a nurture mechanism, is my mom. Does that make sense? It's my mom. And it's almost like, before it was like my kids, my wife, you know, business, teacher. It almost become my mom and got elevated overnight. So I remember walking in two weeks after my dad passed away and I said, oh, I want to go part time. They were right, no contract arrangement, nothing with the head teacher. And she goes, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, cool. If you're not going to give me part time Wednesday off because I want to spend that one day with my mom. My mom is my focus. My mom is number one. She goes to me, yeah, but you're going to lose 10 grand and we can't guarantee it. I'm like, cool, not a problem. And it was like, she's trying to justify to me 10 grand or spending one day with my mom. And I'm like, it made me realize, I'm like, it's, it's no one, it's, no it's my mom. She just lost her husband of 35. You're not getting this story conversation. Mm. So I walked out and then when I spoke to all my colleagues and they were like, Chep, because it's a different solution, People are like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, yeah, this is what I want. So it was almost telling my wife that, wife, we need to downsize and almost take a cut, technically so 20%, because you know why? I need to focus on my mom. And my wife's like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. She's your mom. And the relationship I have with my mom in the last seven years has been amazing because obviously time, that's all you need. I have one day of time. I woke up in the morning, dropped my kids off, and I went straight to my mum's house and spent some time. Just having Indian tea with my mum and sitting for an hour. Can't be. I can't, yeah. I can't There's no monetary that. value in you. That's what's, that's what's building your soul for the next life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the strength. And I think a couple of things that just from what you said there, um, your wife. So when, when you decided to change this, you know, your circumstances, then you're probably the main income earner, and that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, and you said, you know, this just has to change. And mm. to have someone by your side that just says, come on, let's just do this. And yeah. whatever it takes, let's do this. Do you know what I mean? That to me is a weight in gold because there's so many, the other flip side would have been, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Do you know what I mean? And I'm sure those conversations happen anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what you know. When I, for me, when you sort of build yourself up, you because you're a single individual, you don't have another half. Like I've never called my wife my other half because I'm not half in the first place. <laughs> I'm yeah. whole with another whole person next to me. Do you know what I mean? And right. because of that, it makes me who I am. It's not always been like that. It's you know at the start i'd say we were both finding our feet and it was hard you know coming from home where your mom does everything for you to a house where you just have to do your, you know so much and that whole time was and i just set up you know i just opened pizza i opened my own business i and we actually saw it first six months of marriage she'll tell you this right we communicated by post-it notes Okay. So there was no real phones and stuff like that at that time. So I used to go to work at uh, nine o'clock at DigiLink, finish at six o'clock, then go to pizza and from six till two in the morning. And I did that six days a week. So when I got home, she was already asleep. Yeah. When I got up, she'd gone to work because she'd work in Derby for six days a week. She'd let oh, we, milk's run out or, you know, bread's run out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and, and it takes some kind of strength within an individual. I said, I'm going to stick with this guy somehow. Yeah, He's yeah. a complete idiot because she knew I wasn't doing it for myself. I was trying to build something. And I, you know, that society media capitalist told me this is what yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. do. Do you know what I mean? And it was in me. I had the energy in me that I needed to burn off by doing this kind of thing. And then, you know, six, eight months in, she goes, do you know what? We can't do this. It doesn't do it. work like this. Do you know what I mean? So then I said, okay, look, I'll cut out weekends and I'll try and do this, try and do that. Because it was, I realized the one key word is compromise. Yeah. You can't go into it with my, just my agenda. There's, you know, two people now, you know? And for that, going through all that hardship and going through all that, coming out to this stage now, we are a team. Do you know what I mean? This is where I can have conversations with that, which I can't have with many other women, not any women, I don't think, where she gets me. I can tell her certain things and she understands what I'm saying and she'll tell me the truth. 
And that's what I need. I don't need a yes puppy next to me. I need someone to say, actually, Bab, that's not you. You're getting into this for the wrong reasons. Like this, you understand? For me, I always fulfill that. So my values synergize with my wife's values. So my wife. Has that happened over time? No. My values were so it's almost like I was that ego. I was at you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to grind. I need to go. <laughs> my wife is very, come back from a very like broken background, so a very humble background. She, you know, yeah. she was adopted. Her mother had schizophrenia. Her dad's an alcoholic. So for me, I was like, my mom and dad is normal. Mom, dad, go. You know, I was like normal. She was normal. in inverted commas, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that made me realize that you know when my ego was getting too inflated, she'll bring it back down. So she, for me, my wife is my balancer. So when I'm going too ahead, like sort of running too quick, and she knows I'm going to fall over, she'll be the one slow down. And that's my balance. That's how me and her work. Yeah. We're very different personalities. We grow together, you know. And for me, that's the secret of marriage. You know, right now, people find it difficult because they're marrying it for now. But the, the, the way you should marry is the future, the potential. Because when you marry at 21, you're nothing. We were, you know, like, when we were kids, we were like, we didn't have anything. Why marry that guy? Because what, what people are doing is marrying young, because it's older, girls are marrying guys with a good, secure job, a house, everything else. That's, they're just marrying for security. They're not marrying for passion, purpose, love, and growing together. And this guy just wants a token. Yeah. And I see it in a, a lot of relationships. I'm like, why did that girl marry that guy? Oh, yeah, security. Security and then 10 years in, 20 years in, the love goes, and then it's just, oh, just buy me a designer bag, buy me a nice car, and I'll be happy. So it's difficult right now in that sort of relationship, but for me, synergy is very important. And I think, um, you know, that whole you know, the you know, the brain being this two million year old muscle, you know, we're only in this space for the last one second of the brain's yeah. life, you know, about how we change and how we grow, you know, the security side of a female back in caveman days is that he bought the food home yeah, and he yeah. was a strong dude, like, strong guy bought the food home so i'm gonna look after this and he's gonna do that and therefore and and he just wanted someone nice on his arm because he knew he had the security and he had that do you know what i mean yeah. and you know we we try and evolve that but we've only been in this mindset like a second mm. of this brain's life so it's gonna take generations yeah. and generations to change do you know what i mean mm. so you know sort of coming back to what you said there what kind of conversation do you think People who are single, maybe in a relationship, maybe thinking of getting married, if that's the way they want to go. What kind of conversation do you think they should be having with their partners to make sure this is going to be something good for them? A good one is the value one. So I, I recommend all couples to do this. So you sit in two different rooms, write down you, the girl's values, her values, and his values. And they need to synergize. And be if they're completely different values you know the answer. They're not compatible. Simple as that. They could be compatible in, oh, she's got a degree. This is an Asian mentality. He's got a degree, he's got a degree. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Whereas, the for me, the value system, like for me, when I got married to my wife, it's very clear, my value system, I care about my parents, I'm probably going to stay to Leicester because that's my home, that's where my community and friends and family are there. I love holidays, I love experiences, I'm not a guy who's going to drive a flashy car. I'm not the guy who's going to wear designer clothes. I'm not the guy who's going to be that putting the filters on. I'm raw. This is me. I played football and I love that. And that's what I do. This is me. I don't know what the future me is going to be, but they're the sort of values I have. And she's like, yeah, okay, cool. And not one day has she ever said, Chet, I think we need to buy a new car because guess what? You, 15 years ago, you signed up to that. <laughs> that makes sense. Where now, because relationships are different and they evolved, that's where the conflict comes in. And then obviously people say, oh, you said this or you did that. And the biggest fear that I have is almost selling a false dream. So almost like if she married me, when she said, look, I lived at home with my parents. So do you think we should move out? Yes, because I want my independence. Whereas I know guys who've been at home with their mums and dads for 15 years and they've been promising for 15 years. <laughs> like, this is why your marriage is broken because you promised her you're going to have your own place, but in a reality, you're never going to move out. And I think that's why, you know, when you get a lot of people that now, especially even my, my own cousins, my own family, people are getting married later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so, so important now because, like you said, I was 27 when I got married, right? 
I didn't know shit yeah, about yeah, anything. Yeah. Looking back now, I didn't even know myself. I just thought I knew myself. I mean, yeah, yeah. fast forward 10 years from there, I, I started working myself out. Do you understand? Yeah. So I knew I had a more idea of what do I want from life? What do I bring to life to another yeah. person? Do you know what I mean? And to go into that when you don't know yourself and the other person don't know themselves, it's fucking chaos, man. <laughs> That's chaos. all I can say. It's chaos, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're both trying to find that center ground where you're running in this lane, she's running this lane, and you're trying to get there, but it's like a magnet just keeps pushing you away because... You know, the best one I love is when people want their own place, but they've never moved out by themselves. Mm. So I know so many couples who live with their parents and they're like, oh, when we get married, we're going to move in together. No, just move out first. That's me. That was me. <laughs> that was me. We built our house before we got married. And then the day we got married is when we moved into our own house. Boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know it. You've Chaos, bro. That's what <laughs> For me, I recommend small steps. You know what like I was saying to my daughter the other day? I'm like, Hopefully in the future, you'll have relationships where when that guy comes to my house, the first thing I'm saying, guys, if you love each other, move in together. Yeah. Go on, put deposit, yeah, 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 yeah. put deposit on a rental property. Go on, six months, sign up. I'll sign up for six months. It's not an issue. Mm. And if you can survive for six months, cool. If you can't, cool. No. It's funny how those conversations change though, isn't it? Because even like with our kids, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, you know what? You don't actually need to get married. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just a label now. If you feel that's good for you, do it. Mm. But it's not something that I'm going to say you have to, you found a boyfriend, now you're living with them. Now, but no, no, because it, it doesn't work like that anymore. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, we were under different pressures. We had different culture. Our parents grew up differently. So their mindset was only one way. So we got that. But now we are that bridging generation where we're taking on the local cultures and themes, keeping our own culture and being in the middle. Yeah, you know, yeah. we speak Gujarati at home and English outside. Yeah. I mean, you got those both, you know. But I think that's obviously becoming more diluted and diluted and diluted. And eventually, it'll be. I don't know where I'm from. You know, when you say talk to uh, someone who's English and says, "What? So, what are your real roots?" Because <laughs> there is no, there's no English person, is there? Yeah. Everyone comes from all over the world, don't they? And they sort of settled here. I think we'll get that to us. Is like, are you? So you are Indian. It's only our skin color, obviously, like yeah. will tell us, right? But like, are you Indian? I don't know. To be honest, am I Indian or not? Do you know what I mean? Okay, so what, what do you think inspires you today? Life. For me, life inspires me. You know, at the end of the day, everyone has one opportunity. And if you can't inspire others, you'll never be happy. You'll never be content. You know, for is me... That, is that your belief in terms yeah, of one life? I believe that... I like to inspire others to be their best. The reason why, like, how you said, there's too many people in the comfortable zone. You know, when I was 21, what, 19 years ago, I went traveling by myself. The reason why I do it, my purpose is not for myself, it's for others to follow. Do you understand that? So for me, to leave teaching, to say, guess what? I was at the top of the game in teaching and I left. I was set in my leaving speed. Guess what? Your mental health ain't good. Just walk away. Mm. All the teachers are looking at me. Oh, you lived in a 65 grand. No, your mental health is more important than a 65 grand job. Mm. Me spending, me coming home and being brain dead has no value for my wife and my kids. You're not getting it. Whereas the 65 grand, that's why mental health is so big. People talk about mental health, but... Guess what? You have that draining job. How do you behave at home? I didn't have this much energy. In the last eight years, I have this energy because guess what? I do stuff that I enjoy. Where people are now using their energy to earn a corporate job or do something in the office because it gets them a nice lifestyle in a house. But then you sit at home a zombie checking your emails. So in theory, that's where the compromise needs to come. So for me to inspire... I'm writing a book right now. I'm creating a coaching platform. Um, I traveled, you know, I, I climbed Kilimanjaro, you know, I even took my daughter to Snowdonia because imagine for 12 years, seven years ago, doing Kilimanjaro with some my cousins and stuff. So it's almost pushing the boundaries to say, what can you do? It's not just business world, it's mental health, um, experiences, travel, whatever the world is limitless. And I want to inspire people to guess what? update differently and that's not just updating your wardrobe and your mobile phone i mean update differently in whatever you want to do and what and i like what i like 
in the conversations I'm having with you is you're very clear. You know what you want. And I think that clarity comes through. And because of that clarity and that focus, everything in your mindset will push you towards this, right? Um, and I believe in the draw of the universe and it, yeah. you, you will attract what you put your attention on. It's not just saying, I'm just going to sit here and things are going to happen. Uh-huh. You're putting action behind the thoughts and the attention and synchronicities are happening to open yeah. these doors and change that. Do you know what I mean? So I, you know, I'm a huge believer in that. And uh, I wish people would put more attention on their own thoughts and saying, not what, what would I like? What do you want? Yeah, want. And do you know what I mean? And then go out and fucking get it, man, because it's there. The universe is abundant with everything that is possible for you and everyone around you. But I think we come. Sorry, a great one I heard, sorry about was I, uh, I heard something said, such as life, people think life happens for you, yeah? But at the end of the day, people, some people think life happens to you. So it's a question of what sort of mindset are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you, you know, the, the universe has enough energy for everyone to be happy. But yeah. we're trying to chase and take from others. Because we're greedy. There's enough food on this planet to feed everyone. But why are people dying of hunger? Do you know what I mean? And that's that's where humanity needs to come. There's enough energy and resources on this planet to move us forward. All. I mean all. And, and I me, think that whole scarcity mindset comes from there's so much so many people that are lying in their pockets because they're feeding that scarcity mindset. Do you know what I mean? The media, the news, the the internet, social media, there's so much information that's being drip fed. And I think what I've understood from a while back was that when you're in these mindsets in terms of watching the news, watching TV, watching it, your brain is in a passive state. So things are just being drip fed in without even you being the God, the God's gone, he's gone to sleep. (laughs) Things are going in, right? And then they start playing out in your life in different ways. And I think scarcity is one of those things. It's a mindset that's been fed into us to show we are all in competition. But to me, we are not in competition. We are here to support, help each other. This universe is one system, right? It's one cellular system. We are all individual cells. We all need to be strong within ourselves to feed that whole system for the universe to be strong. And there is more than enough for everyone is there is no such thing as scarcity no matter what anyone tells you when someone said it's like when someone you know a simple thing was um someone said to me oh there's not enough space in the uk all these people coming there no no you know you heard this stupidness right i said all right if there's not enough space next time you get on a plane look out the window just for 10 seconds and you see all this land and you tell me there's not enough space do you know what i mean and that is that kind of thing where just open your eyes and stop listening. Do you know what I mean? And just take it in and see what you're seeing around you. Don't, you know, stop that. Start this. Start listening to the things and start surrounding yourself with people that will help and support you. Um, going, you know, like what, you know, like I've heard a lot of stuff that you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And, and a lot of things that you want to bring into the world. And you're very open and, and honest about that, of where that comes from. What is there that no one knows about that you're proud of? Oh, update differently. So for me, I know about Carol Dweck's, you know, I got educated on Carol Dweck's mindset. So for me, I've created a whole new mindset and it's called a light mindset and a dark mindset. And that's the program or is part of it. It's part of the update differently. And my kids know it, they get used to it. So, a, a simple one is light, so life. So life, dark mind, light mind. The dark mind is problem-based, yeah? And also we always buffer, you overthink. The light mind is solution and action-based. So it finds a solution and it creates action, exactly how you said. It's almost saying, uh, be kind. Guess what, action it then, be kind. Yeah, rather than thinking of being kind, that's dangerous. Shall I, no offense, shall I open the door so for someone? No, it should action, it should be a natural behavior, it should be in your DNA. When people say, for me, all this be kind thing, I'm against it because you don't have to think about being kind, you should just be kind, it should be just pre programmed. You should put your chair under once you took it out, you should put your rubbish in the bin. You shouldn't park on double year lines. All this is sort of being kind to others. 
where right now everyone's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a recycler, I'm an eco-warrior. What does that mean? But they still take five flights uh, to like, well, a, a great one is, I met a lady who's like, oh, I'm an eco-warrior. Yeah. So where are you going on holiday? Oh, I'm going skiing. Really? That's the worst thing you can do regarding your carbon footprint. Do you know what I mean? But she never saw it like that. I was like, oh, I'll go skiing once a year. Cool. And I, think what's, and I think, again, what's important to exactly what you said and why it's so important that you bring this out into the world is because you are a mirror of the environment that you, you, you're in. So if you want to see more kind people, be kind. Yeah. If you want to see more generous people, be generous yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to see more angry people, be angry yourself, yeah. you know, because that's exactly what you'll attract and that's what your brain will be on in terms of your receptors, right? So you want to see more love around you, be more loving. Don't yeah. say, I'm not, I don't, I'm not surrounded by happy people. Look at yourself first. Yeah. Are you yeah. bloody happy? If you're not happy, how are you going to find any happy people? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I think it's really important that you get on and, you know, crack this into the world because that's the lesson that so many people just need to understand that you are just a mirror of the world you that surrounds you. And you and I'm just, just going to share one thing. So the second one is called L. So it goes on light. So it's life, intelligent goals, happiness, and thought person. But the second one I just want to share, which is very simple, and you like this, is intelligence. So the dark mind is updated. That's when you people, the ego says, I know everything. I'm an expert. I'm a master at it. Whereas for me, a light mind is updated constantly you're improving you're, you no offense there is no mastery that's where the growth mindset has a barrier because it says you have to have be a master at something for me you can't be a master messi, messi and ronaldo are not masters because you know what the game changes so for me i see that in football like marino was the best football manager but the games change it's all about pressing you know what i mean so it's about making footballers make mistakes now it's not about creating goals it's like a completely different mindset like whoa these new guys are coming in well, before it was tick attacker Barcelona would just bore you, pass 50 times and score a goal. That, that's the old system. So for me, and the last, and the other one, which is dangerous, is what you talked about, is shut down. When it becomes too difficult, people shut down. Or the people who don't want to update, they're like, I know it, don't tell me. I hear people who, like for me, I learn off my kids. Whereas I know business people don't learn off them. They don't know, no, but they know how to use Instagram. They, they can get a hundred customers for you by a few buttons, but you don't want to listen to them. I think you should, but the entrepreneurs are like completely different mindset because they're like, I've been, I hate this line. I've been doing it for 25 years and nobody can tell me what to do. And, and that's where, that's where dates not there. And that's what Blockbuster said, and that's what Woolworth said, right? That's what Comet said, yeah? You were still riding a horse and cart when the cars came out, mate. Do you know what I mean? It's that mindset, isn't it? The whole thing has changed, you know? And unless you are open and aware, and like you said, if you're humble enough to see it, to say, actually, do you know what? I don't know shit. And yeah. hopefully, one, you know, I've said, I never want to be the teacher. I want to be the student yeah. because... The day I feel like I know everything is the day life is finished. Because yeah, yeah. where's the fun then? Where's the where's the growth? Where's the learning? Yeah. You know what I mean, um, to me, everyone should be a learner. There's no teachers. That's how I see that. There's no no teacher. Everyone is a learner. Yeah. Even a 50, 60 year old is a learner. We all learners. Yeah. We're learning differently and experiencing it differently. And guess what? Perception and thinking is differently. So everyone's a learner. So what what um, do you know like? you obviously are still growing and you, there's so much more that's still yeah. in the world for you. What skill would you, do you think you need to gain, grow or master to, to move you in that direction that right now you're still nurturing? Uh, what do you mean? You need to replay so like So, so you, if there, is there a skill that you need to gain or master that you've not, that right now you say, you know, I'm not the best at this, but I would like to become better to, to, to move me into the person Absolutely. I'd like to be. Uh, how to have more impact in the world you know i'm having impact in small drips so it's almost like in the ocean i only have an impact on the ocean i'm still learning to just have impact on just a little river mm -hmm. and i'm still learning the process to how do you amplify something which is built on humanity I know how to get a business stuff. I know how to get more customers. I know how to make more money. You know, I know how to make a business more financial value. But how do you make something 
which is for humanity and which is more than me. This program, my book, the process, I hopefully someone will be talking about it in 100 years' time when I'm not on this planet. And so we went on. Oh, this crazy guy. He's talking about update different. This might work. Because the greatest people on this planet had their successes after they passed away, after they died. So if you look at inventions, those people said, oh, you're crazy. But 100 years later, people were legends or legacy through their invention or their experiences. So for me, it's that. So how can I create great impact in the ocean? And that's where that's where the barrier is within myself. Okay. So I tell you, from what you've said, there's a couple of couple of things that I probably can add to this. Three things that I can I hear what you're saying, and three things where I believe you can master this. You'll be on that path straight away, right? Patience, focus, discipline, right? Patience to know that it's going to fucking take time, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. No one made an impact in the world for over yeah. one year or over two years. This is a 20, 20, 30 year project, right? Know that it's going to take that time and be happy with the journey and all the learning because it's not what you do, it's who you become in the process, right? Secondly, the discipline to stay focused because the focus is what you already have. You have clarity. This is where, you know, I won't be. The discipline, all the little things that you're doing on a daily basis to yourself, to the people around you and how you're feeding that environment, right? Put those three things together and for sure, because what, where, where, especially the first one, patience, so much falls off because within two years, within three years, nothing happened. Fuck it, I'm going to try something else. Do you understand? If, it, if it's important to you, if this is in your soul, me this is reason why i'm more patient than ever i had this idea about 12 years ago does that make sense when i was yeah. a teacher i went yeah. to a, a training it was called blue sky thinking yeah. and then I, did, I became an nlp practitioner too so you know there's this people talk about carol dweck and it really inspired me to but it's a question of i want to do this but i'm still a teacher young family and i didn't i had the passion but there was no purpose and i didn't want to go through the pain now, 12 years on, a completely different platform. Do you know what I mean? So I have I know that it's gonna be painful and I know that investments going there, not just time but money too. So already part of my set, this is what it is. You know, six hundred pounds for my book editor, there you go. Do you understand? I need to invest in that for it to grow. Everyone's so, like, but this is me. You know, some people buy cars and designer clothes, but for me I'm investing my money into something else I believe in, and that's where you got to change your mindset. So for me, this is not a two years, it's almost like 12 years, but I think for the first 10, I didn't believe it. Mm. But now, yeah. Yeah. because of, how can I say, more people I'm understanding being broken, such as businesses, individuals, mental health, depression, anxiety, all this is coming out. And I just sat there I'm like, yeah, I know. This is where I can help and support, but you guys just wanted to think differently or your perception was different. Just like for example, Asian mindset, let's not talk about it, or let's just take antidepressants and that'll fix depression. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, I, I know so many people, I took antidepressants and it, it, it solved my problems. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. So you know, now my mindset is completely different. And, you know, from being an NLP practitioner to doing a lot of mindset stuff, but also now being a mental health practitioner, it's almost all the dots are connecting together. and. I meet so many people, I meet more unhappy people than happy people. Mm. And because of that, I know that this is my purpose. I've got to move forward. And, you know I mean? and the world and the world needs to see it because it's your fingerprint on it. It's your life that you've led. It's those 10 years, it's, it's marinated in your brain, you know, like a good chicken. You've marinated it for a long time for the, for the value, the real taste to come out. And now the drips are coming out. And these are all drips which are building into a bigger, you know, like the drips in a bathtub that fill the bath, right? Mm -hmm. And I just want you, Chet, to continue on this journey. Just do it with patience. You know, like you're doing all the right things. You're filling all the right pockets and you're learning. You'll try something, may not fucking work, do it, leave it. You're doing something else, it's working, ramp that up a little bit. Yeah. But just know that even when your book comes out, that's not the that's not yeah. the that's the beginning of something yeah. different. The new door opens. Then, do you know what I mean? That's true. So, so it's it's and it's important for me because you're around me. Do you know what I mean? 
and you're in my environment, you're in my space. So I need to see this around me for me to lift myself up. Because I'm like, Chet's doing this, so therefore, I know it's possible, firstly, because me and you are not that different. No, no. You know what I mean? We didn't, you know, we, we're not like super people or anything. We just have a thinking thought process that is different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want that. And then when we, us to lift ourselves up, we pull other people up with us, you mm. know? And that's, I think, the, the value in this. And especially, like you said, we're Indian. Do you know what I mean? And this space is, you know, you're just airy free, you just talk. What, what do you do? Do you understand? Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and that to me is like, okay, let's take a step back. Show me, talk to me in about five years. Because right now, when there's no, the, if someone's not ready to listen, they can't hear what you're saying. You can speak, speak, speak. And this is what I've learned. I said, when the student is ready, the teacher turns up. There's no point speaking until, you know, some, I have family like that. They, they're like, there's no point in me talking to them about certain things because they're not here. You understand? Yeah. But I'll just keep drip feeding the message and eventually I'll get a, a private message at some point say, Bab, you know, I'm struggling with this. And I'm like, it's gone in. And that's it, you know? You know, you know I've seen things what made me realise that a lot of people don't value this whole process, yeah? yeah. So it's almost like a doctor, dentist, solicitor, entrepreneur, businessman. That's still there. What I tell people is, I'm an artist. But just an artist of the mind. You know yeah. why? Because I know you don't value artists anyway. But yeah. you know, Ed Sheeran, he's an artist. And you know, Mo Salah, he's an artist too. Does that make sense? And then all of a sudden, because that's what it is, he's a footballer with a crazy mindset. Because footballers, they're all footballers, there's millions of footballers. But what makes Mane or Mo Salah better is because their mindsets. Robinson is an average footballer. He's average. But his mindset is makes him outstanding. Yeah, 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 so yeah. when I say that, they're like, ooh, I go, yeah, you're right. There's thousands of doctors. But someone with an artistic mindset, that doctor will be a super doctor. He'll be, he'll be changing medicine in the world. But your son being GP at Downing Drive, he's not going to change the world. He's just going to be a nice car. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the way I see it. So when, when you say reprogram to artists, you can have a conversation. And the fun thing is, if you say that as well, Say I'm, I'm I'm an artist. I just paint on a different canvas. Oh, and that's what it is, right? That's what it is. Cool. Okay. So just a couple of more things I want to go through because I could talk all day with you. This is the kind of conversations that happen, right? Um, okay. So now we've reached the end of your life. Okay. Um, you know, you've, you've, you've launched 10 books, you've yeah. set up an international multi-coaching platform, you've done everything that you believe that is possible in the energy that you've put into it, right? But you're sitting or you're lying and, it, and whoever's near you, you've got closest people with you and they say, do you know what, Chet? You know, you have no more energy apart from to pick up a pen and write three words, okay? Those three words are going to be something that you've you've lived by and something that you want others to live by to help them within their lives what would those three words be first one would be inspire so inspire others inspire generation because when i'm not here it'll be a new world new problems new solutions people will be doing jobs or professions that don't exist the same in our world you know when we were kids there was no computer programmer. There was no influences. You know, none of us could be footballers because there was no money in it. So, you know, the question is, the world will be different when I'm not here. So for me, keep inspiring, you know. Two would be to serve, you know. At the end of the day, ego will keep you tight. To serve others will always make you happy. Serve knowledge, information, food, everything, opportunity. Serve opportunity someone. You know, for me, I was like, the greatest opportunity, when I became a teacher, it was a difficult path because, you know, there wasn't many Asian teachers 15, 20 years ago when I excelled to the top of the career. But straight away, first thing I did was, I won't get you onto a PGC, I'll get you into a graduate program. I opened so many doors for other people to be teaching. And it's ironic that I've got five ex-students at City who I taught. So because I inspired them, and then they became teachers, I used to do their reference for them. So the whole cycle started, and hopefully them five create another ten. So hopefully that's to serve. And the final one is hope. And just to create hope for people. So on those dark days, things will be better. And, you know, I always see that through my own model, is dark and light 
for me, darkness is just a lesson. There's always a light and hope at the end. You know, this is just a period of time. For me, the darkness is the challenge. That's a living life. And there's too many people who live in the darkness. But for me, there's always hope. You have to get a little bit of light. There'll be always someone who gives you a little bit of hope. And uh, hopefully my kids or the people around me when I'm not there, my lying bed, will continue that journey. So it's inspire, serve, and obviously create hope. That's beautiful. That's uh, Every single one resonates with me. So I have nothing more to add to that than you've purposed it well. And then here's your final one. You know, this, this podcast called Bigger Than The Hustle. And right now you're bigger than the world. Um, what I'm going to do is I plug this mic into every single brain that's in this planet. 7.5 billion people are listening to you. The pressure is okay? on, you see? The pressure's on. Now, they can all understand you. They all understand the words that are saying. They're all awake and they're all listening, okay? All I can afford you those 30 seconds. And those 30 seconds, I want you to share with the world your message. So I'll leave it with you. I just wasted five seconds because that's what some people on this planet are doing, wasting their lives. So for me, don't chase happiness, create happiness from within. Update differently to your best version. And your best version, only you know. Perfect. Perfect. And there we call it a day. Thank you so much, Chet. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge you because you're bringing so much light into the world. You've changed your journey so many times. And you've been humble enough to say, this is not serving me anymore. I need to now update yourself and you're doing that and you're bringing that into the world and i acknowledge for you for the time you've given to me and that you know the conversations we've had and we've spent you know i've known you for a long time and i've seen your journey and i've seen you move and i've seen you grow and that's what i appreciate that i have people around me that like this and the environment around me allows me to be who i am so thank you for turning up every day thank you for being the human being you are thank you for being the brother you are as well and I wish you all the best with everything you're doing. We will be in touch. I'm sure we'll do some stuff together as well to, to shine both our lights together to shine more around. So thank you. And um, everyone who's listening, I'm going to update the show notes, um, put checks, all his details on there. Um, so follow him, keep an eye on him, you know, and remember you saw him first in his room and in my room doing big things. There you go. Thank you, Chet. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, bro.